it was taking a risk and I said, well, what do I know? What do I know about elections? I, right. don't, I don't know anything about elections. And didn't really know a lot about technology. You know, my, that wasn't my background and it was relatively new to me. You know, I had used computers, but that was about it. I said, but I'm not afraid of them, right? So I, um, I said yes, and I joined them the end of April of 2020, uh, 2021, no, 2001. That was a long decision-making process. <laughs> I thought about it for years. 20 years. I'm ready. <laughs> it's now time. <laughs> it's, let's go. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so 2001, I, I, joined, okay. I joined the company. From Fiori Communications, it's How I Got Here, a show of inspiring stories from Tallahassee area leaders, business owners, and neighbors, all the challenges, opportunities, inspirations, the twists and turns of life that led them to where they are today. Everyone has a story worth telling, and I am really grateful that we get to bring a few of them to you. I truly have been changed by my conversations with these amazing people, and I'm confident you will be too. I'm Dave Fiore, and in this episode, I speak with Mindy Perkins, the CEO of VR Systems, a Tallahassee-based elections technology company focused on voter registration. Mindy's experience as an elementary school teacher and customer service representative was an untraditional but effective training ground for helping the company ride the wave of sweeping changes to the system following the 2000 presidential election. Her journey from a folding table in the founder's living room to the CEO suite has included on-site innovations after a devastating hurricane and being in the center of a Russian attempt to disrupt our elections in 2016. Today, Mindy leads an employee-owned company with a national presence at the very heart of our democracy. We began our conversation talking about growing up in Pinellas County pretty normal childhood it feels like my my mom was a stay-at-home mom um worked her tail off to support us in the school and volunteered she was always at the elementary school doing stuff and you know my older sister she's four and a half years older than I so we were we were in elementary school uh there was an overlap of a year or two um but my younger sister so much younger yeah I was almost out of the house by the time she was you know she was nine, and so she was raised as a almost as an only child. Um, I went away to college when I was seventeen, and so she kind of had the run of the house there for a while, yeah. but yeah pretty pretty normal childhood, yeah. yeah did you know after high school what your plans were? Did you have firm plans on what you wanted to do i from an early age, I wanted to be a teacher. I remember thinking that as early as third grade I had a I had a third grade teacher, Mr. Abernathy, who um, was amazing, just caring, um, just loved what he was doing. From that age on, I said, well, I, wa- I want to I do that. I want to mm-hmm. be a teacher. And so I went, I, I went to college and got my undergrad in elementary education um, with a double major in sociology. Uh, so fully intended to, to become a teacher. So that was, that was in Illinois, my, the college I went to. Right. So how did you end up in Illinois for college? It's a it's a Christian Christian college, small liberal arts school. I went to go visit my senior year and fell in love with it. Love yeah. the um, it's right near St. Louis. It's right on the Mississippi River. Just a beautiful place. Um, really liked the the small nature of it. Uh, really liked the education program. It was very immersive. Pretty much all four years 
you were in a classroom, you know, learning how to be a teacher, learning what it was like to be a teacher. And I, I learned a lot. Um, so that's how I ended up out there. Did you enjoy your college years? Were those oh, fun yeah. years for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Met, met my best friend on pretty much the first the first week we were there. The freshmen uh, were moving into the, um, into the dorm and doing something in my dorm room. And I hear my mom talking to somebody. So I go out in the hallway and she's talking to another mom. And, you know, they're talking about their daughters and, oh, my daughter does this. And, and, and so the, myself and, and the other daughter uh, met in the hallway and we've been best friends ever since. That's so, great. All right. So after you graduate, you get a teaching job in St. Louis, Yes. Right? Yeah. The school that I did my student teaching at, New City School in, in St. Louis, it's an independent, uh, private independent school. Amazing place. Um, they teach... Uh, the multiple intelligences, so they really um, focus on all the different ways of learning. Mm-hmm. And it's not just reading or writing or arithmetic. It's uh, bodily kinesthetic and interpersonal and intrapersonal. And so I did my student teaching there and just fell in love with the curriculum and the teachers and, and, the, and the place. So so after I graduated, I did summer camp. You know, I was a summer camp counselor, and I was essentially a full-time sub for them for two years. Okay. I did their so after school. So you moved school. around different grades yeah. and classes. I knew pretty much all the kids in the school. I was in I was in every grade, different different grades. Sometimes I was in there for a couple of days or whatever, but um, loved, loved the place, really wanted to get a full-time teaching position um, and wasn't wasn't offered one after after two years, and that was very disheartening. <laughs> and and that's when I was like, maybe you know, I didn't have a solid foundation there, not a not a ton of friends because most of my friends had moved away after college. And I said, okay, so that's that's when I moved to Tallahassee in '98. Okay, all right. So did you come to Tallahassee to join to be near your family, or did you come here for graduate school? I came uh, to be. I, I needed that. I needed that um, connection with people. Um, you know, I, I had the people I was working with in, in St. Louis, but um, I considered either moving out to Portland, Oregon, where my best friend was living, who was newly married, or moving back. Not moving back. I hadn't lived in Tallahassee, so moving to Tallahassee. So I, I moved here because my family was here. Okay. You know, my sister let me live with her for the summer when I came back and um, while I was looking for a teaching job. And, and so, yeah, I, I needed that cushion Right. Okay. So you did get a job. You taught at Crestview. Crestview right? Independent School. Yes. Okay. It is no longer with us. It hasn't been with us a very long time. All right. Is uh, that school similar to the one in St. Louis? N- it was It was a private independent school, and that's probably where the similarities end. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did look for um, a teaching job in public schools. I, I did, went on many, many interviews, but um, I didn't have a standout – I didn't stand out. I was a young, newly minted teacher, mm-hmm. certif- you know, certified teacher, and there were a lot of us back then. The independent school, um, they hired me, and it was a four-room school, um, four classes, and it went all the way through high school. So it, start- it started okay. in um, pre-K, went all the way through high school. So I had I taught grades one, two, and three. Which were all together. All together. And we had a lot of students that didn't make it in the public schools. So they had special needs or behavior problems or okay. you name it. So it's an alternative. Op- it's a, it's an option if public school is not working out. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So I had all levels, all behavior 
issues and um, got paid very, very little. And we were there from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. So we did the, pre- the, the wow. before school. We did the school. We did the after school. We did everything at the school. We cleaned. We cooked lunch. It was it – was, um, So not a typical teaching experience, right? No. Teaching was just one of the things we did. Um, wow. And, yeah, I did summer camp. Um, I saw you were the yearbook person too. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was that was on your resume, and that's always like the coolest teacher does the yearbook. So, or the one who's the most creative or organized. I'm not. I'm not sure. I. I. It just. Uh, yeah. That. Yes. That was. That was something I put together. I completely forgot about that. So that I imagine there's some burnout involved there, right? I mean, that's that's asking a lot of somebody to do all that. It was a lot. At that same time, I met who was the, the man who is now my husband. Uh, we started dating. He got a job in Arkansas, and we got engaged. And he was still in Arkansas, and I was here in Tallahassee. And we were trying to figure out if if I was going to move there, or he was going to move back here. And um, and so I didn't want to start a third school year by going. Well, I may only do the first you know half of the school year. So um, I left there. It really was not that hard of a decision. <laughs> I really did like the people I was working with, but that was, you know, that yeah. that was that was not enough reason to keep me there. The school folded about two years later, I think. Um, it's because you left. It, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> it was a lot, and yeah. not everybody uh, could handle it, and sure. it was really hard to do for um, for even those two years. So I left. Yeah, I left Crestview um, and got a job um, with the state. Um, worked with the Bright Futures Scholarship wow. Program. Um, in their customer service department. That was challenging. I had started the um, master's program at FSU in the education department right. um, around that time and when I was still at Crestview and was finishing it up when I was at the state. And yeah, it was, you know, you get a lot of upset upset students, upset parents saying, where's my, where's my scholarship? Yeah, money? I mean, anytime you're in a customer service role... Yeah, so I was working at the state. Do you want me to tell you the VR story? Yeah, I want to know how. I'm, I'm very interested in how that happened. Um, and you were their first employee, right? So it was... uh, technically, yes. Okay. And I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll... I want to hear the whole thing. Okay, all, all right. right. So um, Jane and David Watson, the founders of VR Systems, uh, they founded the company in 1992. And so they got their first customer in 1993, which is Leon County, which is our home county here. Uh, Ion Sancho gave a, gave a chance to this small new company, and uh, we haven't looked back. They're still a very happy customer. The time period we're talking about is right after the 2000 election. The 2000 election um, was a tumultuous time in elections. The hanging chads. The hanging chads. You know, Florida had the spotlight on it uh, for and- how – how well or poorly it was running an election. Right. Tallahassee, the Supreme Court, yes, the whole the world whole, was here. The whole thing. I tell the story about downtown Tallahassee had the the power line, uh, power cords um, on the one-way road going past the Supreme Court building, and they were speed bumps. And you had to go over, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, those aren't normally there. We don't right. normally have, uh, you know, all of those media trucks uh, lining that road. Well, we were, he- we were, my wife and I were at the Festival of Lights, the Christmas oh, yes. festival. Mm-hmm. And we would, you know, we were down there, and it's all, that happens right there on Monroe Street. Right. And in the middle of the whole thing, they were pouring out of the courthouse mm-hmm. and, cameras everywhere. I mean, it was happening in real time yeah. right in front of our eyes. I have I have 
before I tell the VR story, I have a story. My husband and I got married December 16th of um, 2000. Um, so right around the time that you're talking about. Right. And um, we had to go get our marriage license at the courthouse. That just so happened to be the day that the ballots were being um, delivered from Palm Beach to the um, courthouse here in Tallahassee so that they um, could be observed and, and, and all of that. Right. There were armed uh, armed guards and helicopters and, you know, it was a big media circus, right, and, um, and security concern that somebody was going to affect those ballots. Right. And so we're just trying to get to the marriage license office. And, and so we're walking down the courtha- courthouse hallway and somebody stops us. He's got a, I don't know what kind of gun it was, right? He, but he stops us. He's got a gun. <laughs> and he says, you can't go that way. And we said, you know, we could see the door. We said, we just, we just need to get our, you know, we're not here to, we, you do what you need to do, but we just want to get to the marriage license office. <laughs> right. So as we're standing there we could wa- we were watching the, the carts and carts of ballots that were going and being put into the Leon County supervisors storage right, right? um and so we, those had to go by and they had to be secured by the time you know so that we could walk down the hallway to get our marriage license so I was like and I wasn't even in elections at the time so I right. have a I have an elections <laughs> Uh, story that it was we, yeah. just, we just want to get our marriage license <laughs> it was a crazy time we are not a, a risk right. i promise <laughs> so so after all that yeah there was uh still a lot of figuring out to do what needed to be done to professionalize elections to have more standardization in elections and so there were lots of laws passed um which is always the case. A lot, lot of legislation. One of the efforts that the uh, the, the Florida um, supervisor of elections did was they focused on more continuity, um, more professionalism, and that meant that they needed upgraded systems, okay. whether it was ballot counting devices or um, software. Right? Some of them were were really kind of behind the times. Not kind of. Some of them were very behind the times on on their voter registration system and kind of their behind the scenes system. At that same time, we had VR systems had um, Jane and David connected with a, a gentleman who'd been in elections for over 30 years, had great contacts in elections. Anyway, the three of them connected together. And so Dale Woodruff started started reaching out to his friends in elections saying, hey, you really need to look at this VR systems system. You know, it's it's a modern system. It's you know, it's been running in Leon County and you know all these things. Right. Because at the time um, of the 2000 election, we had 12 customers. VR systems had 12 customers. With all of this focus on VR systems, it was at that point it was just Jane and David. Jane was running the company. She was customer support. She was training. She was testing. She was doing all this, and David was um, writing the software. Jane and David needed help. Well, Jane and David are family friends of ours, and they kind of were looking up and going, we need help. So they came to me and said, hey, do you want to – can we go to dinner? Jane was out of town probably installing at a county, and so David Watson and my husband and I went to dinner. We went and had Chinese somewhere. So he's just talking about the company and what's going on, and and he says, with your background in in teaching, you know, um, we we – We'd like you to consider joining the company. We need help. Jane needs help. A big part of the role is training, is customer support. You know, you work with people all the time. And um, he says, you know, I don't know what the company's going to be in five years, but we need help now. And I'm like, hmm. So I went home. And at the time, it was a harder decision than it probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so you were you were working. I was in, working at the state. At the state. Yeah, not a job loving you didn't it. Love, yeah, right. Right. Here's an opportunity to work with family. It friends. was taking a risk. But sure, it, yeah. yeah, it was taking a risk, and I said, "Well, what do I know? What do I know about elections? I don't. Right. I don't know anything about elections, and didn't really know a lot about technology." You know, my, that wasn't my background, and it was relatively new to me. You know, I had used computers, but that was about it. I said, but right. I'm not afraid of them, right? So I um, I said yes, and I joined them the end of April of 2020, uh, 2021. No, 2001. <laughs> that was a long decision-making process. <laughs> I thought about it for years. 20 years. I'm ready. <laughs> it's now time. <laughs> it's, let's go. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so 2001, I, I joined. Okay. I joined the company. So you you came in as customer service, and so what? I mean, I think we all have those moments sometimes where you leave a familiar situation and then you join something new, and you're sitting there on that first day. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like, what did I do? Other yes. times, like this is so awesome, I can't. You know, what what was your experience those first couple days? The first couple days were very much, what is this? What did I get myself into? I think that first week Jane was traveling. She was installing in a new county. So David and I, they, they were working out of their home. You know, I knew where they lived. So I showed up at their house at, you know, 830 or whatever and knocked on the door. And I think I had a folding table and a, and a chair and we were in their living room. Um, you know, Jane's desk was there and, and my table was there. And so I said, well, what do I, what do I do? They had me answer the phone and take messages. And very quickly, it became much more than that. But essentially, right. since I didn't know anything about the system, I was just a friendly voice. And so, OK, I, I can do that. After being there one month, I uh, was on site in Nassau County, which is near Jacksonville, um, implementing the system on my own. <laughs> Uh, so I learned a lot in that I guess. first month. Uh, well, let's say, yeah. let's talk about what the system is. What yes. are we talking yes. about? Mm -hmm. What was VR systems at that time? Right, VR systems at that time um, had one product. It serves the elections offices very behind the scenes, registering voters, um, checking petitions. I'm trying to think back 20 years ago because the system has ex grown and expanded so much. But, sure. you know, when you're at a, 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 um, a fair and somebody says, hey, can you sign this petition for, for some um, initiative or um, a candidate is, is running for office? Hey, can you, you know, I want to get on the ballot. Can you say, you know, so those petitions get bundled up and sent to the elections office. And, and the elections office has to check and make sure that you are registered, you are registered in the district that that candidate is running in, um, that you have already signed the petition you know those kinds of behind okay. the scenes things they check your um you know check your signature all of those things you know is dave a, a um a registered voter who can sign this petition um so that's one example of the system uh registering voters so you fill out a voter registration application i want to be registered to vote in leon county you fill out your name and your address and all of that information right. that gets um, submitted to the elections office and there's somebody there entering that information you know typing it in so where they're typing it in is our system um, th there's many other components of it printing labels for vote by mail envelopes um you know, Dave has requested a vote-by-mail envelope. He's in this district, so it means he gets this ballot, right, that has the correct races on it. Back in those days, it was a label that was put on an envelope and it was mailed to you. Right. That's another component of it. So. Right. Okay. 
So what was obviously you started answering the phones at a folding table. <laughs> there were there were a lot of st- I assume there were a lot of steps between that and CEO. So yes. just <laughs> unless they're like, hey, you know what? You are great at that. I think you, you should be. You answered that phone with a plum. So it is your job. It is your job. You should be the CEO. <laughs> um, so just kind of kind of quickly, what is uh-huh. what did that path look like? And I guess in the context too of how the company was growing right. and how those different roles changed over right. the years. Um, pretty quickly, you know, I, I was hired in, in, um, 2001 and about six months later we hired an additional support person. And as we hired additional people, we grew out of their home. You know, we moved into an, uh, an office as we hired more people. Um, I became the manager of those people because I knew, I knew, I knew the system and I, you know, they thought that I could do the job. Um, so I kind of managed that, that's the, those people in that space. Between the time I was hired and, and about two years later, we brought on 36 customers in 18 months. So we had to grow wow. very, very quickly. We added staff, but it was, we were on the road all the time. Uh, very seldom were we in the office. So very quickly by kind of 2000, 2003, the end of 2003, we had, um, I don't know, we might have had 10 employees, developers, uh, you know, customer support people. So during that time, you know, my skills are uh, my management skills because I hadn't really managed anybody before then. You know, teachers manage kids, but sure. it's, it's a different thing. <laughs> right. Um, and so we, you know, we grew and added added people it's really not that different, though, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, corralling cats. Motivating, yeah. <laughs> accountability. Making sure people are doing what they're supposed to be yeah, doing. Even yeah, even if they don't want to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So over that time, uh, we grew customers um, solely in Florida. We added products. I don't know if you're going to ask about Hurricane Charlie, but we can. I d- we yeah, can. That, I know. Okay. I did want to touch let's, on that. Let, well, let's put a put a pin in pin that, that, that and because okay. that, that will take us a whole other way. Sure. So we grew products um, as the needs of the elections offices grew, as the expectations of voters grew and candidates grew. We we had to provide. Uh, we pro- we created um, an electronic poll book um, that has its own story. We created um, web hosting. You know, as these technologies become you know kind of just everyday life, we added those services. So so we're growing and and um, and they're all related to the voter registration. Process, yes. not vote tabulation or any of that side we, of it. We don't touch that at all, right? right. And still to this day, have 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 no desire to to do that. That's a whole other space, and there's people who do it who, who do it well. In 2010, uh, let me jump to that. Jane and David um, were looking to they weren't looking to retire yet, but they wanted to start talking about an exit strategy. They didn't want to sell the company to another elections vendor. They they wanted um, the employees to be taken care of, the customers to be taken care of. So they created an ESOP, an employee stock ownership plan. Um, so now we're all employee owners. So that happened in 2010, and Jane and David stayed on for another five years in their same roles. When we founded um, the ESOP, one of the requirements is creating an executive board. Um, so an executive board was was created, and much of the same board members are actually still on the board. Myself, um, Ben Martin, our chief operating officer, Jane and David Watson, um, and a couple other uh, community members. So we created a, an executive board. Uh, a couple years later, Jane and David were looking to retire in the coming years, and the board decided to interview myself and Ben Martin for the role of CEO. So this was, I don't know, 20... 
2012, 2013, something like that. We both had a couple day long interviews um, with with the board to fill the next CEO role. After all of that, they named me the next CEO. I didn't take over until um, summer of 2015. So there were a couple years of transition yeah. where Jane was still in the role. I was learning from her, her and David. They they both had really key roles in running the company. So yeah, that was not a fun process. Yeah, that was not a fun process. But uh, and Ben is still with the company. Oh, absolutely. Is that? Yeah. I mean. I would imagine that's unusual when two people are going sort <laughs> of like two assistant coaches trying to be the new head coach. Yeah. Usually the other one doesn't stick around. Yeah. Um, I'm very grateful that he and I were very close before we continue to. But early on when he joined 15 years ago, we relied on each other as um, – as hey, you know, I have this issue going on because we were we were essentially peers at that point. We were both over um, um, different products. Let's circle back and talk about Hurricane Charlie okay. and what that meant to the company and what that sudden dramatic shift in circumstances and timing. Mm-hmm. You know how how you had to adapt to that, right? Yeah, two thousand four, um, before the August primary election, um, Hurricane Charlie came barreling. Uh, towards the state of Florida, they thought it was going to hit uh, Tampa Bay, actually, um, and it took a right. sharp well, right, right, yeah, yeah, and and hit Charlotte County, and then um, cut across the state through Desoto County and kind of out out the the other coast, which is Punta Gorda, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It devastated the those counties in that region, and this was, I want to say, a couple of weeks before the primary election, and. So not only were the, was the infrastructure just completely devastated, you know, there's no power, there's no nothing, but the elections offices have to run elections. You can't say, well, you know, we have to wait. Mm-hmm. We can't do it. And this has happened more recently in Bay County and, and Holmes counties uh, a couple years ago with, with that hurricane. But, but in 2004, uh, the governor got involved and said, you know, essentially, you know, these, these, these elections offices need help because what – what part of the problem was, obviously, they didn't have power, but also m- the majority of the polling locations were destroyed and were, you know, could not be used as polling locations. And and back then, we didn't have the concept of early voting where you can pick a place and go, go you know, go right. vote there two weeks before the election. That wasn't a thing. Primarily, Charlotte County had to figure out how do we... How do we allow these voters who are still in the in our county? A lot of them had left, but who are still in the county go to a location, and it's the concept of early voting now, but we didn't have it then. Essentially, it's a vote center. Um, they can they can go to this location, and no matter which precinct they're in, they can go vote there. And that was a, a you know um, they had printed paper poll books back then, and so how do you? How do you do that? Right, a poll book is a list of registered voters. List of registered voters that the voters sign in and say, "This is who I am." They show their ID and then they're handed a ballot, right? Um, and and those are at the um, traditionally at the uh, um, polling location, and it has just certain voters' names in it because you have to go to a certain location. Um, so there's a lot of concepts that we we have now that we didn't have in 2004. Um, so the governor allowed uh, – he did a special di- dispensation for um, them to use a system that we helped them with um, that was essentially a laptop <laughs> with a 
it's called a, it was called a cherry keyboard. It's the one that they used to use at hotels where they'd take your credit card and swipe at the top. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and so we sold out the stock of cherry keyboards in the United States. And so we sent these these systems down to Charlotte County with some of our people to run these um, systems, usually on generators. Um, that And it was a, a laptop, essentially, that had the entire county's list of voters in it. And any voter can go to any polling place and vote. And they had all the ballots for all the people. And um, and so this was done. Generator run buildings, no AC. You know, it's August. Um, and so we, we went down there and helped them with this system. And it was a system that didn't exist before. We created it in probably a week's time. We had a developer on site you know, just making sure it was functioning. And they ran their primary, I wouldn't say without a hitch, but they the voters were able to vote. Right. And obviously it was a low turnout because a lot of voters had moved away, but it was the first of its kind um, where there was this concept where a voter can go to any location, um, any voting location in the county and vote. And so it's called, these days it's called an electronic poll book. And we turned that concept into a product uh, a year later and was selling it to Charlotte County in, in 2005. The result of that was new technology that became a product and made the that process easier in yes. the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's a concept we see every Florida county um, has a, a, an electronic poll book. Um, I think it's 62 of the Florida counties use our product called EVID, where you can go either in on early voting or on election day, and they will have a system there, make sure that you're in the right right place, make sure you haven't already voted, make right. sure you haven't already returned your absentee ballot. All right. While the, the growth of the company has been very impressive, and what goes along with that sometimes is exposure in different areas, sometimes that you is not always welcome. Um, that happened in 2016 with the presidential elections where VR systems got caught up in national and international news. Um, related to the Russians allegedly trying to influence or disrupt our presidential election process. That's a good way to put it, then, Thank Dave. You. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that, was, that was a good PR yeah, spin on yeah, that. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Trying to go right down the middle. <laughs> Here, uh, um, VR systems polling technology was um, being used in some of the precincts that were affected, right? And But VR systems fully cooperated, notified authorities immediately, and no part of the process was compromised. Do I have that part yeah, correct? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about with the polling technology, but let me let me give you the let me give you my the story we've been telling for for a long time and and see how that yeah. connects to what you just said. So yeah, it's it's I can tell the you know the 2001 story so much better than this one because this one's much more painful. Um, so 2016, yeah, I mean it's come out now that 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 um, bad actors. Russians being um, uh, one of the entities were trying to put mis and disinformation out there to confuse and to disorient and and, um, um, have us lose trust in our system. And one of the ways that they did that is that um, in 2016, an email was sent to some of VR Systems um, customers that purported to be from VR Systems, and it was about our EVA technology and and a software um, upgrade, something like that. At the time, when we were told about this email, 
uh, from our customers, we said, oh, just ignore it, right? You know, that's that's not from us. Just ignore it because it's, it's noise. Right. And we put it aside and, and moved on. Come to find out that there, there, this was an orchestrated event where they, you know, stole our branding. They stole our icons. They, it, it was from vrelections at gmail.com or something. Which is not obviously we don't use right. Gmail emails for corporate emails. Really, it's not, that's not a good decision. <laughs> no, no, we haven't done that in a very, very long time. <laughs> Maybe a Hotmail was, account yeah, or something. AOL.com. That's it. Um, so uh, you know, um, investigations happened, and and a report was written uh, about this this uh, event, and we were completely in the dark at that time about about that because we just moved on. Right. Ran great elections. As a result of all this insanity. VR Systems, our little Tallahassee-based company, was um, inundated with media and the anxiety and the sleepless nights that that we had um, went on for a very, very long time because uh, right. we didn't know how our customers would respond and um, what they would do about it. And um, we lost zero customers as a result of that. Mm. We worked very, very hard to get the truth out. To our customers, we didn't go out to the media and go, well, no, VR systems is, you know, we didn't play the victim. Right. What are we going to do and learn from? And so as a result of all this, um, elections are part of the critical infrastructure, just like the electric grid and the dams and all of the the waterways and all of that. Hey, everybody. Just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Fiori Communications. Just like people, every business has a story to tell. And we've been helping our clients tell their story since 2001, because who you are as a company is just as important as what you do. To learn more about how telling your story can make a difference in your business, visit FioriCommunications.com. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Shifting gears a little bit. Okay. We'll, we'll leave that, that topic. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. Let's leave that. I don't know the statistics, but I imagine you're in the minority as far as being a woman-led technology company being a, a woman CEO mm-hmm. how how has that been has it changed over your time at VR does that matter at all in today's world have there been barriers or or hurdles to climb because you know you're not a man in this field i would say that if i were the ceo of a technology company that was not elections it might be a little different elections there are a lot of women who run elections offices. Mm. It's probably more majority women than than men. I, I don't know what those stats are, but I would think it would probably be, and I don't have this perspective because I've only been CEO of a an elections technology company. Um, so that 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 side of it, you know, the customer side of it, I I haven't I haven't had an issue. That right. You always I always run into to people who who think because a woman's leading it's it, I must not know what I'm doing or something or the man standing behind me is really running it. That yeah, I mean that, I'm always going to I'm always going to get that. But um I really haven't seen that on on the customer side. We you know we talked about you and your husband and how you met and we haven't really touched on your family mm-hmm. so much. So mm-hmm. just kind of tell me about your your husband and your sons yes. and 
what I know family is part of your picture and your yes. story. So uh-huh. just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Absolutely. I mentioned my husband and I have been married. December will be 22 years. And he is a middle school teacher at Cobb Middle. He's This is his third year doing that. Um, he's with ESE. So he teaches the special needs kids there. Um, loves every second of it. He coaches any sport that he can. <laughs> they restrict him to three. Yeah. Um, so he's coaching football right now. And he just mentioned, oh, yeah, they will suck tryouts are in a couple of weeks and I'm gone. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so he's he is the dad for so many of those kids who don't have dads um, right. or who don't have positive uh, father figures and at, at a the the young age of oh, how old is he? Like 40 I don't know, 43, he decided to go to back to college and he had gotten his degree at TCC and and um wasn't as successful at FSU when he when he went there and and for so many years he worked at warehouses and was a warehouse man you know he did all these different jobs and really didn't have a passion for it and he started coaching um, with my brother-in-law at Monford Middle and just fell in love with it yeah L- loved the kids he started te- he, um, he was a paraprofessional teacher's aide at at the school in the ESE classroom and just he's so patient and loving and kind and and loved every second of it and his peers are saying you should you should do this, right? You should right. go back to school. And he found out about um, um, the Flagler program here at TCC and how they make it so they, they yeah, work great with program. They work with the um, the, the teachers, you know, the night classes. And and so he was still working during the day and went to class at night a couple nights a week and graduated with his degree in May of 2020. Oh gosh, what a time to graduate, <laughs> time. right? Yeah. Um, and. And, you know, he got a job at Cobb Middle and he's, he's loved it. Um, so proud of him. You yeah. know, that, that took a lot for him to go back to school and love that my boys saw him do that. And, and, you know, you're never too old to keep learning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so love, love that he's done that and he's doing that. And my oldest Tyler, he's 16 and he's a junior. It's hard to believe at Lincoln. He, um, plays the cello for TYO. The youth orchestra. Yeah. He's in the symphony. Uh, he just got into the symphony group um, this year, so he's loving that. Fourth chair. He's very proud. And he's been playing piano since he was, I don't know, eight or something like that. So he's multiple multiple instruments. Uh, Andrew's 13. He's in eighth grade at Cobb with my husband there. He's in the magnet program there. Loves his band teacher, Miss Whaley. Shout out to Miss Whaley. She's She's amazing. He plays trumpet. Uh, he's played trumpet. This is his third year. He also plays the piano. He's thinking about picking up the French horn. That was, um, I, that's, so... <laughs> that was my instrument. The oh, French yeah? Horn. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So he, he's thinking about doing French horn. It's a horn. classy move. It's a step up to go to the French <laughs> horn. Just tell him that. Of course you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, he, so I love that both of my boys have a shared music language. Mm-hmm. It's one that I don't have. So I'm, I, you know, they, they speak a language. I'm like, I'm just, they, they, they just talk about all kinds of stuff. And I, I just love it. All right, Mindy, two last questions and then we're done. First, uh, looking back, what is the one thing or person that changed or altered the trajectory of your life to this point? Professionally, I would say it's the Watsons, um, Jane and David Watson. And, and and I don't know whose decision it was to talk to me about joining VR. I think it was probably a, a group decision between them. But David is the one that, it, you know, uh, we, we went to dinner with. And he's the one that I I looked to for future business decisions. Um, and I still look to him for that. Jane, her love of people and the customers and mm. just 
her foundation of doing what's right, you know, ha- has has been so between the two of them, you squish them together. Who, what, whatever that person is, it's right. it's that person. Okay. Or those two people. Right. Yeah, I have no idea what I what I would be doing now. I'm so very grateful for the opportunity that they've they've given me and and encouraged me to to grow and to learn and um, and move into new roles as I kind of moved up the ladder. Yeah. Final question. This podcast is named How I Got Here. We've talked about how your life got to here to this, you know, to this point. Where do you think here might be for you in three to five years from now? Yeah, that's a good question. I think about that a, a lot, and it's probably because I've been doing, I, I've been at VR for, you know, 21 years. The age I'm at, you know, I kind of am I'm looking forward. Three to five years, I, I believe I'll still be at VR Systems. There are things that I want to, like long-term things I want to accomplish. I want the company to accomplish. And when those are accomplished, I could see branching out and, and doing something something else, whether it's still with VR, you know, or 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 some taking taking my education background, taking what I know about technology, taking what I know about elections, that I don't know, there might be something cooked up there. Yeah. Um, so that's a long much longer term. I don't um, I don't know kind of timeline of that. But three to five years, yeah, we're still we still got stuff to do. We we're <laughs> We're not slowing down. We're going into new markets and things like that. So I, I see, I see my role being very similar, but um, you know, pushing ahead and accomplishing uh, new growth, new products, and things like that. So yeah, I'll, I'll be in a similar place, but we will have progressed uh, along and accomplished some of those goals that we're, we're setting. Thanks for listening to the show. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It really does make a difference. Thanks to my amazing staff at Fiori Communications who pick up the slack while I'm working on these podcasts, and to Troy Bloom for composing our theme music. You can hear more of Troy's creations on Facebook and Instagram at Troy Bloom Music. To connect with the podcast or suggest a future guest, follow us on social media or email us at podcast at fioricommunications.com.